Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartmacross Cross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmacross Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or cartmacrosscu.ie. Against all odds, she flew. It's a phrase that pops up quite a bit in the life of my next guest from overcoming learning difficulties, which impacted negatively on her self-esteem for many years, to battling through many issues in her life, which brought her to quite low points in 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 her own experience. This lady knows hardship and struggle. But like a phoenix rising from the ashes, she's battled on and it has led her to become a motivational and empowering speaker, setting up the I Am Positive movement, which is changing people's lives on a daily basis. Nicola Connolly-Byrne is the personification of what Monday Motivation is all about. And I'm delighted to have her on 11 tell you, that is some introduction, Sinead. I tell you, I hope I can live up to that girl. Oh no, she absolutely does. Absolutely do. Now, I've used that phrase and it's on your website if people ever want to peruse I Am Positive Mindset website. Against all odds, she flew. And yeah. it sums you up. Tell me about this phrase and what it means to you. Yeah, I suppose when we were putting the website together, um, the business took off quite quickly and we ha- we didn't realise we would have needed a website so quickly. So we had to kind of just pull all information from everywhere. So I was trying to literally verbal diarrhea my whole life in a very short period of time. And the guy who manages my website, Tom, he's absolutely amazing. Uh, understands the work really well, is really good at pulling information from me and managed to put it together. But I suppose between the two of us, we came up with that against all odds. She flew because a bee technically shouldn't be able to fly, but that I can. And against all odds, it flies. And I used to catch bees. I know I'm going back now 5,000 stories ago. We used to catch bees in my mum's front garden. Me and everybody else from Edenmore, we all hung around in my garden. So bees are a huge um, symbol for me for fighting against the odds, really. Yeah. And just doing it. Yeah, and you've come through an awful lot of odds. I mean, can you pinpoint the moment, I suppose, in your life when, you know, this happened, like as in you, Nicola Connolly Byrne, the motivational speaker, can Mm. you pinpoint or have a light bulb moment in your life where you went, this is where it's all going to start for me? I suppose, you know, it was pointed out to me when I was very young, when I was 14, that I was very negative. And that came as a shocker for me. I wasn't aware that I was negative. But the person who said it to me said it in such a loving way when she pointed out this major fault that I had. Um, It made me really sit back and contemplate. And I know, you know, like I'm writing since I'm like I'm searching since I'm seven. I'm doing I'm, I'm writing in journals since I'm teeny tiny and I've kept every single one of them. Hence why I have the toolbox, which is the product that I use. Um, I would say it's a culmination of a lot of things, Sinead. But, you know, when, when the business started doing really well, people I would know from my past years and years ago have always said to me, we're going to tell the world that you're doing this your whole life. I remember Anne Higgins, a really good friend of mine, 
messaged me and she said, if anybody's ever given you jip or given you hustle, I'm going to tell them she's doing this her whole life for free for everybody. I was always just looking for more, searching for more. Is there a better way of doing this? Is there a nicer way of doing this? How can you or I or we or us improve our quality of life, improve the communities that we live in? Like where I'm from, there would have been huge community work done when I was a kid. So I was reared in that environment. And it's just something that comes naturally to me. So no matter where I've lived tonight, I've always given back in whatever community I've lived in and always just looking to improve. I can't settle for less. I'm always looking for more and more for my clients and more for where I live. Now, you uh, were throwing a lot of obstacles. You know, you only discovered later in life that you were actually dyslexic. But when you were a child, you really studied so hard and you wanted yeah. to achieve. But now, I have an update for you on that. Okay. Yeah. I ha- yeah, I was going to let you know. And then I said, no, I'll tell her live on air. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm at loggerheads as to how I'm going to word this and change this on the website. But it is going to have to happen soon when I get my new website. But I was going back to college last year. And I'd never gotten the full, I was only given a partial diagnosis when I was working at Trinity about dyslexia, right? I knew that there was something wrong because I was looking after the kids in Trinity that had special needs. I could see a lot of traits that they had, that I had. And I was like, well, if if I had those support systems in place when I was in school, I would have been flying. So I knew there was something. I just didn't know what the something was. So last summer, late last summer, I went for my full diagnosis because I wanted to have my dyslexic cert if I needed extra support in college or whatever, you know, yourself. Went for the five-hour exam, okay? It is painful. It's painful. And at the end of the five-hour exam, the psychologist said to me, Nicola, I have really good news for you. You are not dyslexic. Now, he thought that this was good news to me, but this was not good news to me tonight because this left me with a whole other can of worms to try and explain how I'd studied so hard and why I didn't do as well as I really, really wanted to do and why I could identify with these kids that were dyslexic or had other special needs. So with further investigation, it turned out with the same psychologist that I was experiencing PTSD. And PTSD can be masked as dyslexia sometimes because when I was younger, I just didn't have the capacity to take on new information because I was in fight or flight all the time. So I am not dyslexic. And I struggled with that, Sinead. I struggled Mm. because I'd gotten used to that label. And I did a video about labels last week. I got used to that label and it was not that it was, not that I ever used it as a crutch, but it was an explanation. It was something that I could use to explain. So yeah, there was a huge adjustment period for me So much so that I still haven't corrected it on the website. But it it still is an adjustment period for me that, you know, I I really am not dyslexic, but that I was experiencing PTSD. So, yeah, that's the process. And, you know, in terms of, you know, there there was further things that happened down the line when it came to your own children and particularly the birth Mm. of your your first son. Tell tell people what happened with him when he was born. Yeah, um, Jamie was, I went out, every scan was perfect. You know, I was really healthy during my pregnancy and really looked after myself. And then I went in for my last scan a couple of days before I was due. And my consultant was like on the money, like really, you know, no highs, no lows. Everything was just even with Ronan. And his face twisted 
and I was like, oh my God, there's something wrong, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. And he just left the office, didn't even explain, went out to his phone. Yeah, we just need to book in Nicola Connolly Bourne immediately and straight away I knew that there was something wrong. But what ended up being wrong wasn't what he saw being wrong. All of my waters had evaporated. So there's no waters left when I was having Jamie. And he was taken in an emergency and it was an extremely difficult labour and delivery. I had a lot of assistance, I can tell you. So when Jamie was born, almost immediately I said, there's something wrong with his breathing. And first time mammy, and that's what you're told. Ah, first time mammy, very protective. You know, you'll be grand, just you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And I, you know me, Sinead, I didn't let it go. I'm like a dog mm. with a bone. Something wrong, there's something wrong. There's something, I wouldn't let it go. And that's one thing that I will say to your listeners, especially something to do with your health. If you feel in your gut that there's a problem, there is a problem. Never deviate from the fact that you feel that there's something wrong. There's more than likely something wrong. So I wouldn't let it go. And after a couple of hours, he got really cold. His lips went blue. He was put in an incubator. They couldn't find anything technically wrong with him and he, he, he was fine after a couple of hours. But when we brought him home, I kept saying it. I'm telling you now, there's something wrong with that child's breeding. I had reared half the kids need more anyway before he reared me on. So I was used to small babies and my mum was managing a crash, so I was used to small babies. So two weeks in, we're having a gorgeous barbecue in our back garden in Finglas and we have him lying on the grass and everybody's going and going and standing around and looking at him. Somebody said he looks very cold. Cold was a theme. He looks very cold. And I said, do you think he likes to sure have him wrapped up there in the blankets? Somebody pulled the blankets back and his legs were black. He had stopped breathing and nobody could see that he had stopped breathing. And then immediately his arms went black, his lips went blue and we were straight back in to the hospital. And it turns out that he was diagnosed with laryngomalacia, which basically is a floppy larynx. And these babies, it's only... I don't know any uh, female babies that have this. They're only boys. And they basically forget to breathe. So we had to learn on a two-week-old baby how to resuscitate a brand new baby. He was attached to an apnea monitor for two years. And I remember losing my mind saying, we're never going to sleep again with this mm. beeping. Because when he was breathing, the monitor would beep. And because back then I was such a light sleeper, I wasn't great with my sleep. Um. I was like, I will never sleep again. But it turned out, it's amazing how your brain works tonight. My brain knew very quickly, that beeping means your child is alive. alive. So then my brain could relax. But when the monitor stopped beeping, it would break for 10 seconds before an alarm would go off. But any time the monitor stopped beeping, myself and Neil would be out of that bed and over to that child before the alarm even had an opportunity and how, to do go you, off. how do you wrap your head around this, like as a mm. new mother with all the yeah. trials and struggles that you have anyway? And I'm this- great in a crisis, Jeanette. Mm. I am action, action, action. Get on with it. Just get it done. Let's get through this. We're going to be fine. Yada, yada, yada. It wasn't until Jamie was five years old, had already been discharged from the hospital two years at that stage. Because we'd spent like the first two years of his life in and out of hospital the whole time, sleeping on the floor. It was horrific. Um, but it was only after the fact one day I completely broke down and Neil was like what is wrong with you and I was like can you believe that happened 
Mm. Can you believe that that happened to our child and that we got through that and we were able to keep him alive? Now, he ended up being diagnosed with a hole in his heart. He had an issue with that. It repaired him. It repaired itself. I wasn't surprised because he's so bloody strong. Um, but I remember his consultant saying he has the heart of a giraffe because the giraffe's hearts are the strongest because they have to pump the blood mm, so the high. Yeah. And I remember that sticking in my mind that he was so strong that he had the heart of a giraffe. But yeah, it, it, it was a very long time later that I allowed myself to just fully um, mourn, I suppose, the joy that we should have experienced fo- more fully when Jamie was born because it really was fight or flight. Look at me, I'm getting emotional now again. Every time I come up here, you have me crying. <laughs> but what did you learn about yourself going through something like this? Oh, just family is so important, isn't it? You know, like I, all I ever wanted to be was a mum. So my job is done now because I've done that and I am loving being a mother. It's the most important thing to me in the world knowing that I get this blank canvas in front of me every single day and I get to choose the colour of the paint that I put on those kids. So when I'm no longer here, they're people, I'm creating people. We're all creating people for the world. And it is our job to pull our socks up and do our job the best that we can. I always say to my kids, I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to get a job done. They can't stand me half the time, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> they adore the bones of me. They told me last night. But I suppose just doing the best that you can and asking questions and pushing the envelope. Like people get, um, sometimes people feel less than in a hospital situation because they don't feel like they know as much as the doctors. But you know your gut and you know your child. Ask the questions. Leave no stone unturned. I always think that the hospitals and the banks and the guards work for me. My tax euros pay their salary. That's a good way of looking at it. I'm t- that, it really but is. I've always, I've always thought of it that way. Not as in, um, in a derogatory mm. sense, but in a they're service. providing a service, yeah. and that's why I pay my taxes. Mm. So I'm very entitled to ask questions that maybe not everybody would feel comfortable. And I want everybody to ask the uncomfortable questions. We have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And this is one of the many things that you teach. And I have to mention because tomorrow night you're going to be in Delique Courthouse and yeah. you're going to be, tell us a little bit about this. This is part of the Feel Good Project, which is just so amazing. Yeah, it's, it's marvellous. And you are part of this tomorrow night. Tell me a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah, Sharon Kyogen contacted me quite a while ago and asked me, would I be available to go over and speak in the courthouse? And I said, absolutely, I will. When I moved out, like I'm a proper dub now. When I moved out of Dublin, I moved to Delique. So Dulik has a very special place in my heart. That's where I brought, you know, Jamie shortly after he was born. That was Charlie's first home, all this kind of stuff. So, and I would have done an awful lot of community work while I lived there. So, yeah, it's the Dulik Drug Free Town and Feel Good Project. I'm going to be speaking to whoever wants to come. It's a complimentary event. It's run every single Tuesday. I think it's a fantastic community um, initiative. I will be speaking about how to get to know yourself why you tick the way that you do, the things that you can put in place to protect yourself, the things that you can do to boost your confidence and be all that you can be and not be afraid to fill your boots. Life is too short. We have to be able to fully stand into the light of all that we can be and become a shepherd and not a sheep. 
I love that, become a shepherd, not a sheep. But what, in your opinion, you know, in all that you've gone through, what can you say now are the key ingredients to living a happy and fulfilled life? Okay, the first thing is stop caring what other people think. The amount of people that come to me for one-to-ones and are really very, very concerned about what, you know, their family think, what their friends think. Oh, sure, I couldn't do that. And they're living their life through other people's standards and they end up extremely unhappy. Okay? Now, when you learn how to be all that you can be, you're going to create a few waves and that's okay. Because when you create waves, you find out who your tribe is. And you find out who your tribe is not. And when you find out who your who your tribe is not, you attract in so many other people into your life that are have similar values. They won't have the exact same. They will have similar values to you. They'll be on a similar path. And life will just become far more easy. When you're living your life through other people's standards and through fear, because there's only ever love and fear, there's only ever two emotions really, when you're living your life through fear, it's like trying to put a square peg into a round hole. It's difficult. It's a struggle every day. Whereas when you stop caring what other people think and just be all that you can be, become Marmite. I'm Marmite. I love being Marmite. And I'm, you, and I'm okay that I'm okay with that. <laughs> and just what we like to do at the end of Monday Motivation, we ask uh, people like yourself who are living their best lives mm. uh, to share your morning routine with us. So what do you do yeah. the first thing in the morning? Now, getting my morning routine down took a couple of years tonight. And I went through a process last year whereby I was really, really trying to pin down and hone in on my schedule. And for anybody who wants to get a good schedule together, there's no point in writing down times and saying, this is what I have to do at this time. There's so many other layers to that. You need to find out why you're doing that thing at that time. And you need to attach an emotion to why you're doing that thing at that time. So really, all of my my whole schedule is, a t- is tied into my values. Okay. So why do I get up at six o'clock in the morning? Because if I don't get up at six o'clock in the morning, I'm not going to find time to meditate or journal or do step 12 or do all the other things that I need to do for me, to nourish me, to fill my cup before I go and fill my kids' cups, my clients' cups, everybody else. Well, I'm actually not filling from my cup, I'm filling from the sauce. They're very important. Your cup is for you and when you fill your cup and it overflows, you can give to other people from your saucer. You're never giving from your cup. Your cup is for you and you only. But... I would be very specific in telling people that, you know, have a guideline of, yeah, this has to happen at this time, but be flexible. Don't kill yourself if you don't get things done at specific times. You're, you're, I always write the squiggly line rather than a straight line when I'm doing mm. a, a schedule because you have to be able to flow in and out of things and factor in things like this morning. My car keys, my house keys, my office keys are in my husband's car. And he's in Dundalk. So I got a taxi here. You have to factor those things into your life. I have a good structure Monday to Friday and I don't schedule anything on Saturday and Sundays because there has to be balance. It can't be the whole time. But it's very important that you do schedule time in for you. Because if you don't schedule time in for you, there's no superman or superwoman coming into the room saying, do you know what? I think you're fabulous. You need to take a break. You need to be that superhero for you. Well, I love the cup and saucer analogy. It's something I'm definitely going to take on board in my own life. 
Nicola Connolly Byrne, I am so delighted that you joined us for Monday Motivation. You're Keep welcome. doing what you're doing. Keep spreading the positivity. Of course. And uh, make sure everybody checks her out tomorrow night, Delete Courthouse, 7.30pm for that fantastic Feel Good project. Thank you so much for you're joining so us. You're so welcome. Anytime. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartmac Cross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmac Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmacCrossCU.ie. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.